Welcome to Daily Grace. We believe that the Bible is true, trustworthy, and timeless. And we want to help women like you know and love God's Word. The Bible shows us who God is, and who He is changes everything. My name is Joanna. And I'm Stephanie. Come join us as we chat about the truth of God's Word in our everyday lives. Many of us know that prayer is important. It's a gift for believers to be able to commune with God through prayer. One beautiful aspect of prayer is praying for others. In scripture, Jesus models going before the Father on behalf of others. The Bible even tells us that He is interceding for us right now. Praying for others, or intercessory prayer, is something every single one of us is invited to do. Today, we are joined by Mary Ann Helms, and she talks to us about what it can look like to make intercessory prayer a regular part of our lives. She offers practical advice on how we can make praying for others a habit. She gives encouragement and how to respond when our prayers aren't answered in the way we ask, and so much more. Come join us. Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Daily Grace. This is Joanna here with my co-host, Stephanie. Hey, guys. Hey, so today we're excited because we actually have a special guest joining us. Her name is Marianne Helms, and she's going to be talking to us about the topic of praying for others. And so, Marianne, welcome to the show. Thank you. Good to be here. Would you mind just sharing a little bit about yourself so that our guests can get to know you a little bit? Sure. I'm one of five kids. Um, I grew up in Toronto, Canada, and came to the States for college. I went to the PCA College Covenant um, on Lookout Mountain, Georgia. So that brought me south um, when I was 18 or so, and I ended up meeting my husband here in Atlanta, and we got married and settled in, and here we are. We have four children. Um, I've got the first going to college in the fall and um, got two, two girls and two boys. So we are busy. Yes, very busy. <laughs> busy stage of life. A good range of ages, too, yes. where you're experiencing all the fun stages. Yes, <laughs> yes. Fun and stressful. Yeah. <laughs> New drivers and all of that is scary. Oh, goodness. I'm not ready for that. <laughs> I know. You're in a totally different season than we are. Um, but yeah, this is really fun. So for our listeners, we're actually recording this in person, which Yay. we don't get to do often, so, but it's extra fun to do it with a special guest. So Marianne, we're just so grateful to have you here with us today. And you know, we recently recorded an episode on the importance of prayer and how the Christian life should be marked by prayer. And I'm so glad that we're revisiting the topic of prayer with you today, Marianne, because in that episode, we actually didn't talk about intercessory prayer or praying for others. And, you know, this topic is really important because it ought to be a significant part of our prayer lives. And so could you start us off by telling us why we should pray for others? I would say that we see throughout Scripture that Jesus himself was a praying God. Mm -hmm. He was often in prayer to the Father. So he modeled the necessity of praying to the Father for us in Scripture. Yeah. And 
I have always thought about prayer as a form of hospitality toward others in terms mm-hmm. of opening our homes, opening our hearts to others. Yeah. And so intercessory prayer to me is just simply part of being a Christian. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love that point that Jesus models that for us. You know, I think about the high priestly prayer in John 17, where he's just praying on behalf of those who would know him and have faith in him. And it's just this beautiful picture of him going to the Father on our behalf. Um, so I, I love that that point. Um, and, you know, I know that you personally have a legacy of prayer in your family, um, specifically of praying for others. So could you tell us a little bit about that, maybe about some of the people who taught you the importance of praying for others? Sure. I would say that my mom is probably the person who has taught me the most about what prayer looks like, sort of mapped out in a life. Mm-hmm. She and my father became Christians when they were fairly young, but neither one of them had grown up in believing homes. So they were led to the Lord in college, and they got married, and then they spent a year in discipleship under Francis Anita Schaefer at Swiss Labrie. Mm, So they were very personally discipled in the knowledge of prayer and how to pray. And so they brought that into our home. And mom established early on in her walk as a mother Uh, Monday was her day of prayer and fasting, and she's been steadfast about that forever. Mm -hmm. She still prays and fasts every Mm -hmm. Monday for her children, for um, global concerns, for church concerns, for friends. And um, just this week, she sent an email asking all of her kids to do a monthly day of prayer together for Mm -hmm. the needs of the country, which is just so typical of her. Wow. That's just how she lives. And so she was my biggest influence. Um, And then I have a friend who I've known for many years, my good friend, Amy. Mm -hmm. And she has always met every concern I've spoken to her with an immediate let's pray. Mm -hmm. And we're very, very good friends to this day. But I've always appreciated that rather than trying to counsel me just out of her own wisdom. She always wants to stop and pray immediately for anything she hears. Yeah. Wow. So she's been an encouragement. Mm. So seeing your mom do that, how does it look in your life now? Is that something that you continue? Because it's such a beautiful legacy um, and it's clearly made a, a huge impact on your life. I'm just curious as um, how that legacy is being lived out mm-hmm. in your life. So I would love to say that I fast every Monday. I don't. Mm. I do set aside Monday very specifically, though, to pray for friends. Mm-hmm. Just because I've I've been in that rhythm for yeah, a number of years it's beautiful. now. So that's just sort of the day that I, I try very hard to remember to pray for all the needs of friends. Mm-hmm. And then obviously my children and my family and all of that is mm-hmm. woven into daily prayer. Yeah. Um but and I know my brother is is a very good example of he uses that prayer mate app. And so he he places all of his prayer requests people present to him in that and they cycle through the day. Mm. And um, it it just helps you remember Mm -hmm. prayer requests that might be less ordinary. So, yeah. I love that habit of having a day of the week because it can be so easy to say, oh, I'm going to pray for people at some point. And then it kind of gets lost. But there's something about establishing those rhythms. It just becomes habitual Mm -hmm. and you know it's going to happen. Mm -hmm. I think that's something that happens 
I know I have to admit this happens to me where I'll say, oh, I'll be praying for you. And then life happens and I forget. And I don't want to tell someone I'm praying for them if I'm not going to be able to pray for them. Mm -hmm. So I love that idea. Even if it's for 30 minutes, one day a week that you set aside, Mm -hmm. it might extend beyond 30 minutes once you get going, right? But to have that as a habit that you can begin. For sure. For Mm -hmm. sure. Yeah. And in the last, I would say, year or so, I've tried to switch from telling somebody I will pray for you and moving to I did pray for you Mm, because that makes me accountable that if I'm going to speak that statement out, it was true. Mm -hmm. And for somehow I just felt like I was becoming casual with that sentiment of I will pray, Mm -hmm. which was like a future promise, not always followed by follow through. Yeah. Yeah. So it's been easier for me to move to a commitment Mm -hmm. of I did pray for you. And I know as on the receiving end of that from you and from other people, it's so meaningful to yeah. hear, oh, yeah. wow, someone prayed for me today. Yes. Um, that's it's really powerful. Okay, so Marianne, I know that this is something that I personally wrestle with, and I think a lot of our listeners probably wrestle with this too. And it's this issue of the role of God's sovereignty in our prayers, mm-hmm. right? I know that sometimes we can kind of get in our head and think, well, God's in control, so I don't really need to pray, right? He's the one who's going to make it happen anyway. So how do those things work together? Why should we pray for other people if God is sovereign and in control of all of it anyway? So the notion of God's sovereignty to a Christian is easily one of the most comforting doctrines that we adhere to. Mm -hmm. Um, As far as prayer, I would say part of it goes back to the fact that God spans time. So just as God was in existence before time, he will be in existence for all of time. Mm -hmm. So as far as God being sovereign and wondering why we would pray, given that he is already sovereign, I would answer that we pray first and foremost out of obedience because God models prayer. So obviously Mm -hmm. prayer is important to the heart of God. And somehow as Christians, we are drawn up into sort of a collaborative effort in that God has providentially decreed all events of time, yet he bends down to listen to our prayers. Mm -hmm. And so those then shape events in history and Mm -hmm. in the future. Yeah, man, you know, I definitely think that if you look at scripture, we just see pray the prayers of a righteous person are powerful, right? Mm -hmm. And then we also see God is in control. God is sovereign. And I think in our limited perspective, we try to to reconcile those perfectly. Mm -hmm. Um, And we can't always perfectly reconcile them, but we can still still pray. We can still know that God understands how it all works, right? Even if if we don't. But yeah, that idea of God as being infinite and Mm -hmm. outside of time, Um, It just, it's amazing how he even ordains to work through our prayers. Yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. This is a big, big topic, but I just also think that prayer changes us. And when we pray for other people, it deepens our intimacy with one another, our care for one another. And I think God uses even that, you know, and changing our hearts toward other people and um, just living more in line with his design of how we need one another. And so I know for me, 
Um, the people that I consider like the closest to are the people that I have prayed for and that have prayed for me. Mm-hmm. And so I think beyond just, you know, bringing our petitions to God and mm-hmm. wanting him to do things or meet needs, it's just um, communing with him and asking him to change us, you know, in the active prayer, in the obedience of praying. And right. so even though it's hard and we might not understand, um, I think it's just helpful to see it as an invitation that God just allows us to collaborate with him, like you said, right. and to just, you know, bond with those around us. Um, which right. brings me to this question, uh, Marianne, who should we pray for? Yeah, that was an interesting question to think about because yeah. obviously the the basic answer should be everybody. Mm-hmm. But we aren't able to pray for all things and all people. Right. And so somehow we do have to narrow our lists down mm-hmm. to be realistic um, that we are finite. We do have limited brains. We have limited minds and limited time. Yeah. So as I alluded to earlier, I tend to set aside sort of a, a specific day to pray for friends. Mm-hmm. And that has helped me to develop sort of a discipline of one day set aside for certain needs. But I think at the same time, we are to live our Christian lives somewhat organically because mm-hmm. the Holy Spirit moves outside of time and outside of our understanding. So yeah. we are also called to pray throughout our days, throughout our circumstances, and to mm-hmm. pray in the Spirit on all occasions. Mm-hmm. So somehow living with open minds and open hearts and somewhat open time so that we're able to invite prayer needs into our lives. Yeah. 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 That's a good point of even just creating margin in our lives, not packing our days so full of things to do and things that occupy our mind. We can have that stillness and that right. quiet to mm-hmm. even just hear the 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 leading of the Holy Spirit to pray for this person or that person that he might bring to mind. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, so when we do pray for others, what should that look like? How do we pray for other people? That probably goes back to the notion of what you just referenced in terms of opening our schedules, allowing ourselves margin. Mm-hmm. And I think that probably this COVID-19 time has given us all an ability to see that we are too busy with too many non-essential things. Mm -hmm. And so in a sense, using that model of non-essential and essential has been helpful for me to think through what is essential. Mm -hmm. And going back to Francis Schaeffer, he he would always say, put the people in your life first. So that was sort of a Mm -hmm. mantra in our home. And in order to put the people in your life first in prayer, you need to be putting them first in your life in terms of knowing them Mm, so that you know what is going on because you can't pray without any context. Yeah. So um, I would say that COVID has this time has shown me that I tend to squeeze out people and necessarily then squeeze out the prayer for people. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, you're so right. Um, I think I recently heard John Piper say, think of like when you pray, think of like concentric circles and, you know, start with yourself knowing that you are a sinful person. And and yeah, we do pray for ourselves um, and bring our confessions before him on a regular basis and then go out to like your family and your friends and then the world at large. Mm. And so I love the idea, though, of anchoring it in a specific day because it's so easy to get away from us. Like you said, right. with this pandemic, I mean, 
if anything else, we've just been aware of how um, busy we are and, and how we like being busy and we don't like being still. And so um, prayerlessness is kind of a big deal. But Marianne, I think a lot of our listeners, I know I have struggled with this as well, could kind of ask this question, you know, what if God doesn't answer our prayers for others the way that we hope he would? Mm-hmm. What encouragement would you give? When I was contemplating this question, I was drawn back to the time I spent at Gospel Coalition in 2014, and the topic was on prayer that year. And I remember Johnny Ortland speaking, and she repeated from the podium many times, give God no rest. And she was referencing the passage in Isaiah, which summons people don't let yourselves rest in prayer and then don't give God any rest as you pray. Mm -hmm. And so to me, that is a very bold statement of perseverance, but also knowing that God loves to answer prayer. Mm -hmm. So we don't want Mm -hmm. to rest, even if it seems that fruit is not being born or Mm -hmm. answers are not coming, Mm -hmm. that God seems to love the model of persevering prayer. And that's what he commands us to do. And he wants us to do. Yeah. Mm -hmm. To keep, to keep presenting those over and over to him. Yeah. Yeah, you know, I can think of a lot of people who would fit kind of into that example. Maybe someone who is praying for a wayward child or for an unbelieving spouse. And I just love that, that advice and that push to keep on praying. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, what would you say if we have prayed and God gives an answer, but maybe it's the opposite? of the answer that we were expecting. What do we do in that situation? Yeah, I think when God sort of turns your pictures of your plans on their heads, which he seems to do, and um, he seems to sort of almost in a strange way delight in altering our plans, we just go back to, I think, what we know to be true about God. That's kind of where your mm. your foundational doctrine comes into play when your emotions cannot navigate your situation. Yeah. You just have to go back to what we know to be true about God. And and that is mm-hmm. that goes back to the importance of of knowing theology and mm-hmm. having the comfort to draw from so you can tell your mind what you know to be true. Yeah. Even when your heart is fainting mm-hmm. in a sense. What are some characteristics of God or things that you know about God that have been encouraging to you in those moments? Probably the main thing that was emphasized to us in our home, especially from my mother, was just learning to develop a friendship with God. Mm -hmm. And so I have just records and records in my own home, journals of God's faithful friendship to me. Mm, yeah. And and that's just become the most important attribute yeah. of God. Mm. Just knowing that when all else fails, he is a friend and mm. learning to record yeah. his acts yeah. of faithfulness to see that he's a very tuned in friend in mm. our lives. Yeah. That is such a good point. It makes me think of that verse that says faithful are the wounds of a friend in a very mm-hmm. different light. Um, right. Even seeing if God is our friend and he cares for us and loves us and promises what is best for us, then if we see something as a wounding, we know that it is still part of his friendship right. toward us and right. his mercy. Yeah, yeah, that's a great connection. Yeah, we didn't think yeah. about that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but just to know that like, yeah, God is after our good, um, yes. even if that's a no or a wait. Um, 
Yeah. It's so important that we we know him and and who he is and that he is loving and and he is after our good. That's like so crucial, I think. And it reminds me of just even like the Lord's prayer which we talked about in our previous episode right. of how, you know, those God-centered petitions come before we even present our needs and it's beginning with, you know, our Father in heaven and establishing that like, yes, you are my Father and you're after my good. And yeah. I'm going to adore you and, and remind myself before I bring all of my petitions and, and other people's petitions that, you know, you're good and we want your will to be done, even if that's contrary to our will. And so I think it's so crucial. And I'm so glad that you said that, that we have to remember that he is our friend and he's our father. Um, and ultimately he is after our good and his glory. So thank mm-hmm. you for that. I would just add on knowing that one day, all of the mystery of God's providence, yeah. though it may not be revealed to us because he's God, mm-hmm. we'll st- our hearts and our minds will be calmed yeah. mm-hmm. and we'll be at rest and at peace with whatever his sovereignty declared for us, mm. that it will not trouble us anymore. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that we'll be able to just see that it was good. Absolutely. And oh, so man. that's yeah. the hope of heaven. That is, that's such an important hope to remember because I know I can wrestle in my heart so much yeah. and just think... Will there ever be like a total stillness of my wondering why and how's this all going to work out and reminding us that there will be a day when we're not going to wrestle with Mm -hmm. whether or not God was really working for our good Mm -hmm. anymore. Right. All right. So let's try to get a little practical here. Is there any practical advice for um, us and for our listeners to establish the habit of praying for others? I know you shared your Monday um, just kind of having that anchor. Um, but do you have any other kind of advice for us in terms of how we can develop this habit of praying for others? So in the last year or two, I've tried to implement somewhat through the model of my friend Amy I referenced earlier, mm-hmm. praying for people as I leave, if we've gone to coffee or something like that, just mm-hmm. closing out that time in the prayer mm-hmm. request yeah. that we've talked about yeah. that day, just kind of closing off with mm-hmm. that protection over those Mm -hmm. requests or Mm -hmm. issues that came up. And I think that way it's heard by God. It's sort of consecrated in that moment. Mm -hmm. And that way we collectively are giving it over to God, which is really what he wants is that we're praying together Mm -hmm. as much as we can. I think it also expresses the value that you put into prayer. You know, like when I know a friend of mine, if we're talking together and we're, you know, sharing our needs and then we both decide to pray together right then and there, we're, you know, expressing our belief that, you know, God is good and that he wants us to bring our petitions before him. And we believe that prayer moves the heart of God. And and so I think doing it right then and there kind of affirms that belief that, yeah, prayer is important and, and it's an invitation and it's a – um a costly gift that we have as believers. And so I love that. Yeah. Yeah. I like that idea of having kind of something that's a marker, you know, whenever this happens, then I'm going to pray for that person. Right. Even together as you're getting ready to leave, even on your drive home from from the coffee shop, you know? Yeah. Um, Yeah. Or even just establishing like, oh, whenever this thing happens, I see this or I'm at a red light. I know some people might do something like that, right? That's a cue to pray. And I think that the more that we do that, mm-hmm. the more natural it 
it becomes, Mm -hmm. becomes a part of our thought life. (laughs) Right. Well, you know, we like to ask just a few fun questions to get to know you a little bit more before we let you go. And so um, this has been so helpful. I know that this is an area that I want to grow in personally. Yeah, me too. um, And it is, it's just been so encouraging for me. For those of you who don't know, I go to church with Mary. I didn't say that at the beginning, (laughs) but um, we go to church together and it's been encouraging to me and it spurred me on to pray, to hear you talking about even your mom and to hear you sending me text messages saying I was praying for you and Mm -hmm. your sleepless nights at the newborn and (laughs) things like that. So um, it's been really helpful. But we do want to ask a few fun questions to get to know you a little bit more. One of them is one that (laughs) Stephanie and I always do at the beginning of every one of our conversations. And that is what is a current favorite thing of yours? Okay, I had to think really hard about this <laughs> because we've all been sort of locked up and yeah. inside of our homes for so long. But I did think of something that has transformed my life. So I love fitness and I love podcasts. Okay. But it's very hard to find a way to do both of those, to find a way to keep your phone in place while you're exercising so you can uh-huh. listen to podcasts. Yes. So in the last couple of months, I've stumbled across both long pants and shorts that fit a phone and keep it in place very tightly. Okay. So this has transformed my life because (laughs) I can listen to a podcast every day and I love to do that. I love to learn as I'm doing something else. Do you have like the brand name that we could share with our listeners? The shorts are Target. They're just a a very lightweight running short, but in the back there is a zip pocket that fits up to an iPhone X. Oh, wow. That's a good good pocket. So that is really (laughs) transformative for those of us who love to run and listen. Yeah, those armbands, I just can't do them. They they slide down. They they get sweaty. Yes. I always feel like I'm going to like I'm gonna like yeah. somehow like strain one muscle because the one arm's heavier, you know, when I'm running. Yes, I tried. I've tried many armbands and they've never worked. Yeah. They're just not good. So Target. <laughs> I love asking this question. We learned so much. I yeah. never would have thought. Yeah, yeah, that's the truth. All right. So our next fun question here is: What is currently on your nightstand? So many books, <laughs> so many books. Because we haven't had our typical schedule, I've had a lot more time to read. Mm, yep. And I have teenagers and they sleep till noon or oh, one. Wow. wow. So I've had more time Man. to read, which has been really, really delightful. Yeah. I know. Don't be jealous. I know. <laughs> you know, I never, I don't think I've ever <laughs> slept past like 10 a.m. Ever. Not I even as a teenager. Did. You are always an overachiever. No. <laughs> no. No, maybe I just don't sleep well. <laughs> They are, yeah. It, I was never like them, but I'm mm-hmm. thankful for that. Um, so I just have lots and lots of books. Okay, you have to share a couple of favorites. Yeah. Okay. Have. So right now I'm reading Susie about Susanna Spurgeon. Uh-huh. Oh, that one's on my good. list. It's really good. I'm reading Anne of Green Gables again, the whole Aww. series, just because I love the the concepts of virtue mm-hmm. that are just woven throughout those books. They're yeah. sweet. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I've been leaving i i typically am a morning devotional person and mm-hmm. i still am but i've been finding my mind more troubled at night so i've been mm-hmm. leaving my little pocket bible on my nightstand and mm-hmm. just reading a chapter of the bible before bed because yeah. my heart has just been struggling with oh, yeah. with everything our mm-hmm. world has been dealing with yeah so my bible's not typically on my nightstand it's downstairs but right now it's there yeah mm. Yeah, I think we can both identify with you there. I yeah. know I've had to make myself turn off 
my phone after, right? at least after dinner, like no more social media because I, otherwise I don't sleep. <laughs> yeah. So I completely understand you there. It's sure. very wise. Yeah. Okay. Our last fun question, and we love this one because this really helps to point us to a lot of really helpful resources too. And that is what is one resource, and this could be a person or it could be a book or an experience that has most stirred your affection for God's word. I've referenced it a few times already, but I would direct anybody to books by Francis and Edith Schaefer. Yeah. Mm. I, I really would, as far as a great blend of sound doctrine, but also an understanding of human psychology. Mm. And I think it's hard to get that combination yeah. right. Yeah. And both of them seem to do very well at love and truth. And mm-hmm. I think that's what we need in our society. And it's just hard to do well. Yeah. But I would say that they they combine those two very, very well. Yeah, So I've been living in Schaefer lately. Do you have mm-hmm. a favorite book by either of them? I'm loving his letters currently because these mm-hmm. were letters that people wrote to him all throughout his life just with questions. Mm-hmm. Many times broken situations and friends that had been through Labrie would write to him, what mm-hmm. do you think about this? What do you think about that? And he just blended this hard-hitting truth with such love. I can't yeah. wait to see you again. I'm so glad you came to Labrie. Just such a real person. Yeah. And it's it's just been a good model for me mm-hmm. to learn those truth and love can coexist really, really well. Yeah. They can be done effectively well in, in, instead of a constant disparity. And it's mm-hmm. easier to see the disparity. Mm-hmm. I love that. And we definitely need examples of that. Right. We need to see people who are doing that well so we can learn from them. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Well, Marianne, we really, really appreciate you coming to talk with us today. It's been so fun to have you here in person in my house in our little office up here. (laughs) It's been fun. Thank you. Yeah. And for everyone listening, we are going to link all the resources that she mentioned in our show notes. You can find those at dailygracepodcast.com along with show notes for all of our other episodes um, and all of the scripture that was mentioned as well. So thank you all so much for joining us and we'll talk to you next Tuesday. Mm